Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to the One Man Low Council and episode 315 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, because yes, indeed, you can find this show on all of your major podcasting platforms, usually within a day of the recording of the show. Hope everyone is doing great. Hope everyone's week has had a great start off to it. And I hope everyone is just doing swimmingly in this new year and continues to have a very Merry Christmas as we are still very much within the Christmas season as the Feast of the Epiphany comes up in just a couple of days. And until then, we are still officially in the Christmas season. So keep those Christmas decorations up. Continue to say Merry Christmas to everyone around you. And eh, there we go. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Tonight, we'll be talking about Cobra Kai Season 4, the, the latest of the Cobra Kai seasons on Netflix. I did a review of that season on the main channel. And that's... Uh, I think is really worth discussion because there's a lot of really awesome things going on. And also, even just about Cobra Kai in general, it's just such a great show. It really just not just talks about and shows you how to do nostalgia right, but it also is able to tell a pretty good story to boot with a lot of fantastic character arcs, uh, a lot of really intricate storytelling, and also the ability for us to see the growth of the young actors that get so much uh, feature time in the show and how they have grown as actors and how they have truly and really improved themselves as actors as the course of the show has gone along. There's just some really powerful performances uh, that have been given, especially in this most recent season. We'll also talk a little bit about The Witcher Season 2, which I just finished the other day. And hey, I've got some positive things to say about it. Yeah. Uh, I know that a lot of people who I am close with uh, either did not like it, did not watch it, did not want to watch it. I've heard complaints of it being really boring. I've heard complaints of it being really woke and all that stuff. And I'm just a someone who watched it and I ended up having a lot of fun with it. It was no more boring than the first season. Again, it's a slower burn. It's one that you have to pay attention to a little bit. So to me, the pacing and stuff like that was very similar. I'm actually rewatching the first season with, with my wife right now, and she's actually really enjoying it. And I'm picking up on a lot of things that I'm so glad that I can now look back to uh, because the first season to me was very confusing because there's jumps in time, and at times that got a little bit confusing as far as, okay, so when is this event occurring in time? When is this event occurring in time? Uh, so it got a little confusing there, and so now going back and re-watching it, now seeing the events that happened in Season 2 have made me appreciate it uh, a little bit more and uh, have maybe really, I think, engaged with the show uh, a little bit more as well, and it's been, it's been fun to kind of relive uh, those experiences, and so I, I actually was a pretty big fan of season two of The Witcher, which I know might not be necessarily the most popular of opinions out there. And of course, we'll have our general movie talk, discussions, box office talk. Obviously, we talk about Spider-Man No Way Home, which continues to be the juggernaut at the box office, bringing another $7 million yesterday, which still puts it ahead of not just Endgame, but also Infinity War as having the highest uh, second or rather third Monday uh, between the three. And it is still vastly ahead of where Infinity War was at the same time in its theatrical release domestically. Just again, continuing to show that it is defying all of the various 
uh, fear-mongering measures and all of the attempts to try and make and come up with the various excuses for films not doing well, when in the end, it all comes down to a very simple principle. And that principle is if you create stories that people actually want to go see, and if you do a really good job at promoting it, guess what? People will end up going to see it. All right, let's say hello to some people in the chat. How's it going, everybody? We got Orange Hair Views on YouTube, who says, Watching Ghostbusters Afterlife again. I missed the first 20 minutes in theaters, but finally saw it, and it explains a lot. Howdy. Yeah, it's kind of hard to have a review of a film when you've missed 20 minutes of it, because <laughs> those 20 minutes could be very crucial to setting up events later on in the movie. Uh, again, that's where a lot of exposition tends to happen is within those first 20 minutes as well. Uh, but I'm glad that you were able to finally see it. Snorter Poop is Cuber. How well, humans and other quitteth? What's going on? We got Tina B, Empress of the Universe. Thank you very much, Tina B, for uh, being here tonight. Uh, I know that you're dealing with uh, an eye issue, so uh, as soon as Stephanie B gets in here, you'll be heading out. So thank you for stopping by just for a little bit. And uh, since uh, you are here, I actually had a, a wonder, a question because I was just sent a pretty cool box set uh, from Arrow Video. As you all know, I, I get a lot of videos from a lot of movies from Arrow Video and MVD Visual, and I typically feature them in my box office, not my box office, my Blu ray collection updates. But this one to me is just probably the most impressive set that I've ever gotten, and it's something that I've never heard before. So I was wondering if, if Tina or if anyone else happens to have ever heard of something called Shawscope or Shawscope Studios or something like that. Anyway, it's a massive set. This is volume one, and it is about, uh, basically it says, uh, uh, after an undisputed reign at the peak of Hong Kong's film industry in the 1960s, Shaw Brothers, the studio founded by real-life brothers Run Run and Run Me Shaw, found their dominance challenged by up-and-coming rivals in the 70s. They swiftly responded by producing hundreds of the most iconic action films ever made. So this one features movies like King Boxer, The Boxer from Shan Tung, uh, five, Shaolin Masters slash Shaolin Temple, Mighty Peking Man, Challenge of the Masters, Executions from Shaolin, uh, Chinatown Kid, The Five Venoms, Crippled Avengers, Heroes of the East slash Dirty Ho, spelled H-O. Uh, but anyway, I was kind of interested by this because I'm like, I wonder if Tina's ever heard of the Shaw Brothers or if anyone else has heard of the Shaw Brothers before. But anyway, it looks really interesting and I can't wait to dive into it. It's, again, probably the most impressive set that I have ever been uh, sent by them. And I wanted to shout that out. There's been a couple other things that I have received, and I will uh, mention those a little in a little bit, but that was one that I thought that uh, Tina especially uh, might, might, be able to, might be able to give a little bit more context to. If anyone could, I feel like it would be her. Uh, let's see. Kara Tharp, what's going on, Kara? Welcome back. Glad to see you in the chat. Howdy, howdy, howdy. All right. Let us see. So they were here early. Going back and forth, we got G-Monkey76, hail to you, G-Monkey. Uh, still praying for you, man. Uh, just we, we just went back uh, today with some meetings and such and went over the, the policy that is set to go into effect uh, unless the Supreme Court uh, issues an injunction uh, or rules uh, against the upcoming uh, OSHA requirements that are coming in. And uh, let's just say there's definitely some concern out there for me as well. So I'll be continuing to pray for you as I know that you have been impacted by uh, this nonsense already. And I ask that you uh, pray for me and for others who are like me who are unfortunately uh, in dioceses across the country, which uh, for some reason are not willing to stand up for uh, moral principles or not willing to stand up for the principles that they hold to and are willing to bow to 
uh, mandates from the government and not even from a, a law that's being enforced by the government, but by a policy that's been implemented and is being implemented by a group of unelected bureaucrats, all of which is a clear violation also of HIPAA, which is an actual law that was passed. And I imagine and pray and hope the Supreme Court will look at that and say, yeah, you can't do this. This is not how this works. This is not how the law works. But obviously, we know the Supreme Court can can kind of go in different ways. Sometimes we think that they're going to go a certain way. Uh, other times, uh, we know that uh, it can go other ways. So again, praying for uh, all of the justices on the Supreme Court that they might actually be inspired to uh, to hold up uh, freedom, to hold up liberty, and to protect the rights of the individual uh, because it seems like no one else will. Uh, anyway, Jason Ebenstein, what is going on? Welcome back to the chat. We got the Physics Channel, Kenny Lee. Thank you for tagging me, good sir. If you have a comment or question you want it highlighted like this, please put at Odin like he did. At the very beginning of your comment, it lets me know you're trying to get my attention. He says, hi, Odin. Are you all prepping for the snow? I am not because in my part of South Tennessee, of uh, Southeast Tennessee, we don't really get a whole lot of snow because of elevation. So we got a little bit of like snow flurry, I guess you could say. Very, very light. Not enough to stick. And it was not cold enough to stick. We got that a couple days ago. And it was pretty nice just because, you know, it's floating around you and everything. And it's always beautiful. I always, I always love the snow. But we're in a position where we typically might get snow enough to stick once a year. Maybe twice a year. And even then, it's it's kind of pushing it. So, uh we unfortunately are not in a position to to have to worry about snow, uh, but at the same time, I kind of wish that we were because uh, because it's so rare here. We're our, our school is always ready to to call a, a snow day, even if it's a very <laughs> very light amount of snow in comparison to what other people might be used to. Evan S, what's going on, good sir? Thanks for being here, Cody Guy. What is going on? Thank you very much for being here. We got Rosie G12. Hail to you, Rosie. Thanks for being a member. Let's see, we got Matthew Highland in the chat, hail to you. Evan S. says here, pizza tonight, but nothing on it uh, that will get me kicked out of the chat, given uh, you got my can. Yes, Evan S., please do not ever uh, commit heresy on this channel, commit heresy in this community, and that heresy, of course, the anathema of this community is pineapple on pizza. It is anathema. It has been declared as such, and I do not want to have to declare you excommunicado. I have now uh, seen the movie Beckett. Thank you again for for sending it my way. But I have now seen the movie Beckett. And I will redo that scene. Forever Sci-Fi, hail to you. Welcome back. Thank you for being here. Another member on the channel. Let's see, Gary Banjo Sandwich says, Cobra Kai was good, Witcher was so bad. And that's where I would disagree with you. I think Cobra Kai was awesome. It was probably one of the best seasons since the first season. I think the introduction of Terry Silver, especially as a as a character was phenomenal seeing the character arc that Terry Silver went on and how he gets manipulated by Crease and how his character kind of goes through these different waves of emotions was really awesome. And what I think I loved most about the character of Terry Silver in this new season is the fact that the actor, in my opinion, really redeems himself because his character from Karate Kid Part 3 has always been, at least for me, and this is the first time I saw it, which was not that long ago uh, in comparison to when many others would have seen it for the first time, was always very cringe and just very kooky, kind of over the top. And I feel like in this season, he was able to showcase that he actually is a very talented actor. 
and was also in a lot of ways able to kind of redeem the character, not in any storyline set point, but the writing is just so much better in this show and especially in this series in this season for the character of Silver that uh, to me, it makes up for a lot of the bad writing over the top performance that we got from him back during part three of Karate Kid. And in fact, I think this season and watching this season might actually make going back and rewatching part three, maybe even more of a bearable experience, experience knowing where the character ends up, where the character goes. And it was phenomenal. It really was exciting. And kudos to the actor who put on an incredible performance and I think just did a phenomenal job. And as far as The Witcher is concerned, no, The the Witcher's fine. Again, the the two complaints that I'm hearing are, well, season two, it's just boring or, oh, it's woke. And the issue is that there really aren't that many elements of wokeness in this season, at least no more than there were in season one. And then, as I said, as far as boring is concerned, the storylines, as far as, you know, slow moment, slow burn, is pretty much on par with what you find in Season 1. Rewatch Season 1, and you'll remember and realize quickly, oh, there was a lot of exposition. There was a lot of stuff that needed slow development. And on top of that, there were confusing storylines that were going in between different times um, in in the show, like different times in the show and different eras in the show. Whereas in season two, they don't have as much of the time jumping, which was very nice for me. And also, as I said, yeah, there's a a couple of moments for sure that you could find it. But I, I put this out on social media because to me, the most important quote of this season is one said by Henry Cavill's Witcher. And he's talking to, uh, Siri, uh, princess was it Cirilla, I think is the full name, but talking to Siri And uh, sorry if I just, uh, you know, triggered anybody's smart devices, Apple smart devices, but he's talking to her and he says, you can do anything. It doesn't mean you have to. And that one line to me was so incredible because, you know, it starts off with a a line that I think a lot of us would kind of cringe at to say, you can do anything, right? Because that's the standard of, oh yeah, you can do anything that you want, blah, 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 blah. Right, and it tends to stay there, right? We, whenever we hear that in a show or in a movie, it tends to be like, you know, oh, women empowerment. But instead, it's followed up by that very crucial line. But it doesn't mean you have to. You can do anything. You have the ability. You have the capacity. It doesn't mean that you have to do it, though. Right? There's a line. There's a limitation. And I thought that was really uh, good. I thought that was really powerful. And so, as I said, I, I feel that this season had similarities in the two biggest complaints about this season. It was slow and boring and it was woke. Again, as far as those elements are concerned, they're just as present in the first season. And also there was this perception, at least from the commentary I was reading that, Oh yeah, the Witcher is not even in it. And I'm like, he's in it from like the very beginning. And most of the show is still very much focused on him. However, Just like in the first season, people again seem to forget this, just like in the first season, the story is indeed split amongst different characters. It's almost like a Game of Thrones style, right? Where it goes to different parts of the world where these different characters and and the motivations that they're going through. And I feel like those are still very much present and they were still present in the first season too. So again, I, I, I honestly just don't agree with that assessment. Now, if you don't like it because of some other reasons, right? If there's just you know, subjectively, you you don't like certain actors or uh, certain story arcs because you were a fan of the games or things like that, that I can respect, that I can understand, especially if you're coming at it from a game perspective. But as someone who who has no real knowledge of the history, because I I was not someone who played the games, um, I actually felt this season 
felt so much more like a video game and so much more like a uh, almost like a Lord of the Rings movie in so many ways because I honestly felt like I was like the way it was shot, the way the cinematography was put together. I honestly felt like I was going into these new worlds, these new domains, these new dominions. And it just felt like I was on this journey in so many ways. And again, it reminded me several times. I'm like, man, this kind of feels like Lord of the Rings right now. Or man, this kind of feels like I'm actually in a video game. The way some of the fight scenes were shot. There's this amazing fight scene with Geralt of Rivia. Um, And he is just killing everybody. Like just doing massive destruction. And it was shot in such a way where I'm like, I have not played the video game. But I imagine that this was incredibly inspired by the video game. So I actually very much enjoyed it. So yeah, I don't quite understand all of the hate that season two is getting. Um, and I would love to hear like what specifically are things that you didn't like about it. Cause to me saying it's woke and it's boring don't really hold up when you remember that there are various elements just like that in the first season. So if you don't like either season, okay, at least you're being consistent, but I don't know. Let's see, Forever Sci-Fi says here, I never put my Christmas decorations up. That's because I'm already checked out of Illinois. I just have to make it a physical reality. Ah, Forever Sci-Fi, totally understand. Well, hopefully you can get out uh, soon and you can get to a state that respects freedom. Though I will say, be careful with that because just because you're in a state that protects freedom does not mean that the businesses that you partake in or you are hired by will respect those freedoms, as I myself can attest to. Never thought that I, as a uh, Catholic school teacher, would ever be in a position that I'm in to have to be concerned and worried about whether or not things will happen. Uh, Keely Chow, what's going on? Welcome back to the chat. Glad to have you here. Let's see Bruce in the chat. Hail to you. Thank you very much for being here as well. Slicer Neons, welcome back. Let's see, Rosie G12 says, uh, season two of The Witcher does not follow the books. It uses the, just uses the universe. Ah, okay. So as I said, to me, that is one of the few subjective arguments that I think makes any sense. So if you're someone that is a big fan of the source material, if you're a big fan of, of the books, and that's the biggest complaint against it, hey, I okay, I think that that is totally valid. But as I said, as someone who does not have that knowledge, looking at it from a more objective standpoint, it really does work well. It works well in conjunction with the first season. The story uh, does a really good job at continuing on and carrying over the uh, development of the characters from the first season. So again, I think it does a great job in that way. It doesn't follow the Game of Thrones method where the Game of Thrones also kind of you know deviated from the book. But then it did so in such a way where it kind of just destroyed the narrative and destroyed the characters in the process. I don't feel like this one did it in in the same way. And again, this is from an outsider's perspective. I think that this is definitely one of those cases of objective versus subjective. But I can at least understand and respect that subjective opinion and complaint about it not following uh, certain storylines and certain uh, certain things and expectations that people who are fans of the books or fans of the games, etc., might have. That I can at least understand. 
Uh, Gary Badger Sandwich says, Silver was a good addition. Tori got played. Daniel and Johnny had good arc and growth. I agree. Yeah, some person was trying to fight with me on, I think it was Getter of all places, trying to fight with me that, that Daniel and Johnny had terrible character arcs. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I asked him to like explain it out. And he was like, well, they go back and forth, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, that's storytelling. That's what a character arc is. It's not like a simple, oh, you're here, now you're here. No, a good character arc is, hey, you're trying to get here, and then there's a complication, and then you're trying to get here, and then there's a complication, and then, you know, that that's how you do a really good arc. And they just didn't understand. They just didn't get it. So anyway, uh, Bryant Barth, hail to you. Uh, Rob D says, hello, oh, I don't have any interest in Cobra Kai or Witcher. Been watching Succession on HBO Max with my mother. I've seen promotions for it. have no real interest in that one, personally. Uh, Our Sci-Fi says, Why does that look like a Warner Brothers knockoff? Which one? Which one? Cobra Kai or The Witcher Season 2? And how is it a Warner Brothers knockoff? Oh, wait a minute. Okay, I understand. Yeah, well, that's because it clearly is. I mean, if you can't see the Warner Brothers influence by this, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear. So... <laughs> Yeah, I was interested by that as well. I was very interested by that as well. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. I see. Gary Banjo Sandwich says, that box set is great for Shaw. Yeah, looks fantastic. I uh, see. Bruce says, yep, Shaw Brothers. Tarantino was heavily influenced by them. Oh, very cool. Interested to check them out now. Joey Horn, what's going on, man? Hail to you. Thank you for being a member on the channel. Uh, Slicer Neon tag to say inflation might be it might get so bad I expect people to hand out IOUs that say I'll pay you back uh, using Law of Surprise written on them. Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> G Monkey, yeah, man, I got your back. And uh, again, hopefully people also also will add on to those prayers for you and uh, for me and for anyone else who might be impacted by uh, the mandates. Uh, Derek McManus, good evening to you. Welcome back. Welcome. Jacob Ebenstein says, remember that SCOTUS ruled against the administration with the eviction mandate. Have hope, my dude. Again, I, I do. I do have hope. And the hope is not in, because you know how some people fall into that trap of, oh my, well, we have a conservative majority. When you really, when you really look at the court and you look at their cases and you look at their decisions, very few times are they actually that monolithic. It's never a, oh, it's the conservatives versus the liberals. It's 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 usually not shaking out that way. There's usually a lot of, I mean, people forget, most of the decisions that they make are overwhelmingly, like 9-0 or 7-2, like very overwhelmingly. And usually the only dissenting opinions typically are going to be someone like a, a Clarence Thomas or a Samuel Alito. They're usually the only two. Um that will that will hold off, and then you know you typically will have those two stick together, and then the the three so called liberal justices stick together as well. It really comes down to this, though. You know, it really comes down to there being uh, activism, so judicial activism, which can occur on either side of the coin, or you have actual uh, you know respect for the rule of law. So it is not nearly as clean, I think, as some people like to indicate. So that being said. You know, obviously, thank you for reminding me of that, that they did rule against that and they've ruled against the administration before. So there is indeed hope there. The issue that I have is what I honestly think is going to happen is I think on Friday, uh, since that's when the uh, court case is being heard, when the oral arguments are being heard, 
is that they either need to have a decision ready that day or the next, or they will put an injunction, like they'll put a hold on the OSHA rules and say, these cannot go into effect. There's a stay on these until we come to a decision and they'll either give a date or they'll say until we make a decision. So I don't really know exactly where they're going to fall with that. I don't know exactly um, what's going to happen, but again, there are definitely reasons to have hope, but there's also a lot of reasons to be skeptical and I'm going to be honest, I, I definitely, I am not going to put my faith into human beings. As simple as that. It, it comes down to, do I put my faith into a group of people who do not necessarily have my best interest at heart? And though I do think that the argument being made for the rights of the individual person are so much more strong, are so much stronger, and again, are based in rule and law. So if there, if again, there's only one right decision here. And that's to smack this thing down. That's the only correct decision. But we know this historically, just because there is a clear, correct decision does not mean they're going to make it. Uh, For your FEMA, how dare you do that? Ellie Yap, what's going on? J-Rod, the beer guru, what's up, man? Happy New Year's, you filthy animal. Thank you, J-Rod, the beer guru. Appreciate that. Hello from the Odyssey fam over there. Odyssey has been quiet as of recently, so I'm glad to see you over there, J-Rod the Beer Guru. Let's see. Forever Sci-Fi says, came back from two weeks in Michigan and my steelbook of Sicario was waiting for me. It looks great. Thank you, Forever Sci-Fi. Thank you, man. Glad that you were able to win that. Yeah, I think everybody, everyone who won over the last couple weeks should have gotten their stuff. I think the last of the, the last ones that I sent out were uh, said to have been received. So I imagine that that is now everybody. So uh, hopefully everyone who has won uh, has actually gotten their stuff. Brightburn, what's up? As far as I'm concerned, when I saw this video essay called The Last 007, there's only one way to go after No Time to Die, and that's to do a proper follow-up to On Her Majesty's Secret Service. That's actually an interesting point. So yeah, kind of going to, to one that stood by itself in a lot of ways, and then doing a direct follow-up to that instead. Either that, or they're going to have to reboot the whole thing. And I don't know if rebooting the whole thing is necessarily going to work out for them uh, in the way that they think they might. Let's see. Dean Heiss, new number two. What's up? How's it going? Says, how are you doing? Uh, how's baby Thor? Freya, happy new year. Happy new year to you. Blessed Christmas to you as well. Uh, yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm doing okay. Could could have been better. Uh, Christmas was definitely uh, put on a dour note because I was spending most of my time doing research trying to essentially build a case for myself. It's not exactly what I expected myself to be doing, but you know, other than that, it was, it was nice spending time with family and uh, obviously baby Thor is doing great. And, and he had a lot of fun on, on Christmas morning. Doesn't quite understand everything yet, but he had a lot of fun. Uh, J-Rod, the beer guru dropping the Ninja Gini over on D live, man, got some stuff going on there. So I have not had the direct D live chat opened up for some time because just so few people are there. It's, it's not ever really a reason to to actually, um, you know, watch what's going on over there. Uh, but now, because you sent the Ninjagini, normally there's a message attached to it, and it does not show up in my chat. So now I have to sign in over there. Because um, again, I have not been in the direct chat over there. Because Restream has a, a direct connection. So let me go ahead and pull this up. 
There we go. So, J.R.I. the Beer Guru, thank you very much for the Ninja Gini donation saying, wishing you and your family all of the best cheers. Well, thank you very much for that. I really do appreciate it. Uh, you're awesome. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very much appreciate it. I'll go ahead and leave that window open. Uh, saying hello to the Odyssey fam. What's going on, Odyssey fam? Not too many people over there today. Uh, the R, though, uh, tagged and said, Hail from an unvaxxed, coof infected R. So far, the Lord has blessed me with few symptoms. Prayer helps. Hopefully, the rest of the journey goes smoothly. Yeah, praying for you. Yeah, hopefully uh, you have uh, very few, if any, uh, more symptoms. And uh, also, I'm hoping and praying that you have a doctor that is willing to uh, treat you, that is actually willing to stand up to the mob that is truly formed um, over the past several months trying to fight uh, initial treatments, which is kind of insane. Uh, Dr. Peter McCullough had a really uh, good article or really good interview with um the epic times which was then picked up by zero hedge and so there's some some clips from that i was listening to that on the liberty report uh, ron paul ah oh, ron paul what a gem what an absolute gem um but he was covering that a bit today and and peter mccullough is just very being very clear saying yeah the federal government has been from day one trying to basically shut down or silence any doctor that has been prescribing or has been talking about any type of initial treatments using over-the-counter um, repurposed drugs. And it's it's just, again, it, it's so insane. And it really, I think, helps, helps people understand what is going on and why it is that to this day, you don't hear any government official talking about any type of early treatment, talking about any type of, of treatments to stop with hospitalization. The only message that you're hearing about is about jabs. That's the only message. And it's insane because you're thinking to yourself, I mean, if we're dealing with one of the biggest pandemics in our history, you know, one of the deadliest of all time, if you if you were honestly taking that seriously, wouldn't you be taking a multi-pronged approach, which would include early treatment options? And that the fact that you are not doing that at the federal level, the fact that we're not getting that messaging at all, the fact that we're not getting any innovation, we're now over two years into this, and the only things that we're hearing about are from major pharmaceutical companies that already have major deals with like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's, it it truly is insane and it truly is sad. And I'm really hoping that uh, people start to wake up. I really, I really hope, but there are so many people, so many people. um, And I think that Dr. Robert Malone is correct. You know, he, he described it as mass formation psychosis. And I honestly believe that that is exactly what's going on. That there is this mass formation psychosis going on and people are just so uh, enthralled in their own thoughts that they are they're just unwilling to even conceive that they, that they could be wrong, that there could be more information out there, that there could be more to the story. You know, you have a lot of people who are saying, hey, here's what this narrative is. Here's what this narrative is. Let me see if I can try and, and, and find some, some common ground or figure out what seems to be the most sensible. But then you have others that are just like, nope, I'm accepting the narrative no matter what. You know, and it's very frustrating because this is affecting even people close in my life where it's like, I can't even mention things without go- people going off the handle, essentially, and, and flipping out and saying, no, you're never going to jump. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, all I'm asking you to do is to watch this video. But no, they would rather quickly Google, using Google specifically, they'd rather quickly Google 
the name of the person. So if I send a clip of Robert Malone, for instance, they're going to Google Robert Malone. And what's the first thing that Google will send you with their very clearly curtailed results? That's right. Articles talking about how he's an anti-vaxxer, how he's a conspiracy theorist, etc. Even though the dude has received the vaccines for COVID-19 and is very clearly pro-vaccine because he even says there are good vaccines. And it's like, how have we come to the point now where to be called and labeled an anti-vaxxer doesn't mean what an anti-vaxxer actually is? Because last I checked, anti-vaxxers are people that are against vaccines completely. And last I checked also, the vast majority of people that have criticisms of the current one either have a moral reason for doing so or have very legitimate questions about efficacy and and safety. Because guess what? When you look at the trials, very little was done as far as safety is concerned. Rob D says, they may have already done this in the Witcher series. Again, I don't watch, but if they haven't, just want them to do Witcher meme care for a good game of Gwent. Yeah, I don't understand that reference. Rosie says, Odin, the hate besides the ridiculous casting comes from how completely unfaithful The Witcher Season 2 is to the books. It's not because of the adaptation to TV, but rather reasons. Again, I... But I'll ask this question, Rosie. How good of how good of an adaptation is Season 1? Is Season 1 a perfect adaptation? Or are there issues with it? Are there interpretations with it? Because as I said, I can totally understand... From a subjective point of view, there being concerns and there being issues because it's not living up to um, what is what you want it to be and what you would expect it to be. And I, I respect that as an opinion. But again, I, I look at that and I, I'm looking at it from an outsider's perspective and I'm looking at it from a you know my own subjective experience with it. But then also I, I think it's a lot easier to look at it more objectively as well, because I don't have as much of an emotional connection to it. Um, so again, if you don't like the adaptation, then you don't like the adaptation, but that doesn't mean that the show is bad. That doesn't mean that the show is not well put together. It does not mean that the show is not, is not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for is not, uh, sensible. Get it? It may not connect with what you have in mind for what you wanted it to be, but again, that that's more of a subjective position than anything else. Awesome one! Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Stephanie B, what's going on? Stephanie B says, "Hey, I'm late in 2002, but Happy New Year! Don't you mean 2022? Well, thank you for being here nonetheless. Appreciate it. Appreciate it." See, Rosie says, just for example, in The Witcher Season 2, the big reveal of the big baddie at the end of the last episode is not in the books, not even close. And again, didn't read the books. So all I can say is that for what we saw in the show compared to what we saw in Season 1 of the show, again, talking about the show here, it works. So again, that, that's just from a more normie perspective on this. And I think it's important to always uh, try and understand it from all sides. Uh, Brian Barth, uh, we don't have a day for that. All I can say is that nominations, so make sure you get your nominations in, those will be closing at the end of January. So you have until the end of January to get your nominations in. Uh, We'll then formulate a ballot based on those nominations. And usually when I get the ballot out, that's also normally when we get uh, an actual date. Rob D, this is also something I want to talk about. 
He says, I watched the Harry Potter Return to Hogwarts HBO Max special. It was all right. If you already knew a lot of the behind the scenes trivia about the movies, it really doesn't offer much. Yeah, and I have not really watched a whole lot of the behind the scenes of it, to be honest. But I I watched it with my wife. My wife's a huge book fan, is not as much into the movies, but the movies are still very much a part of of her life too. And I grew up with the movies as well. Um, and I was not as connected to the books, which is why I enjoy the movies more than than she does, because she obviously recognizes a lot of the uh, flaws and a lot of the uh, issues with the book, or either the lack of information in the book. Again, adaptations, right? Adaptations and changing things and adding things, etc., which is the, uh, the epitome of any movie or show, right? The vast majority of them will have some type of change that happens. And that's also why typically I would tell people, yeah, I would say don't read the book before seeing the movie or show because you're more likely going to hate it if you do. I speak about this from my own experience. Whereas if you watch a movie or a show before reading the book, if anything, all you end up doing, and this is just my own experience, but typically what I feel is more relevant or what's more likely to happen if you do it in that order is you watch a series and you love it. You watch a movie or you and you love it. You then look at the book and you realize, wow, the book has so much more detail. This is awesome. And then guess what? You come away with a love of both. And I think that's great. Uh, but going back to the special, yeah, the special I thought was was okay as well. The biggest issue that I had with it, and I called this out on social media, was all they actually did feature J.K. Rowling, but all the clips were from a 2019 interview, making it abundantly clear that they did not have her be a part of the project. Like that that's what it came off as is oh, you couldn't get her in, or you chose not to get her in. But you got all these other people there too. Interesting. But there were definitely some pretty well-done moments. I, I actually love their in-memoriam section. I thought that that was actually uh, a really, really good um, section. Really, really well done. Uh, Happy New Year to you, Stephanie B., as well. Merry Christmas, as we are still Christmas. Matthew Highland says, Did you see the news about Batman and Superman being replaced? Yeah, I saw the news, and I wasn't that, isn't that... The the only first time I heard about it was that it's based off a Grace Randolph rumor, which I don't put any stock in whatsoever because I don't trust her. Now, if there's other stuff going on with that, okay, maybe there's going to be more credence to it. Um, but that's where I heard the source was from, at least at least initially. Um, and here's the thing: you need to remember, I am not a DCEU guy. I am not a Snyderverse guy. So if I hear Snyderverse is being wiped away, that's actually not bad news to me. However, that all being said, I don't trust them to replace it with anything better. Because the writer of the Flash movie, the Flashpoint movie where this is going to happen, is the same writer behind Birds of Prey, same writer behind Bumblebee. And I know that a lot of people tend to like Bumblebee, uh, especially in comparison to the Birds of Prey, but Bumblebee has its own narrative issues. Um... And I just don't quite understand the logic behind bringing her on for this huge project. And they have her already pegged to do other major projects, too. So for me, the issue is not about wiping out that. Because, again, I I just don't have any connections with the uh, DCEU. I don't have connections with the Snyderverse. I don't like the vision. I don't like his vision. His vision is very bleak, dark, over-CG'd, and just artificial nonsense. i just not a fan. Um... But yeah, all right, 
Let's see. Evan S. says here, have a good night. I have to leave. Remember, mother lost her husband and her family, disowned her for the love of the church. Our life of Christ is not an easy one. Be praying for you, Evan S. Uh, again, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing that. I uh, hope you're doing okay. Let us see. Slicer. Let's see. Uh, Disney admitted the losing around $600 million in piracy for Black Widow, but as bad as a film as it was, I doubt they were ever going to get a penny from that anyway. So what's amazing to me, Slicer, because I haven't seen that news myself, is that to me sounds like a way for them to try and deflect. They're deflecting from the fact that, no, 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 they didn't lose $600 million from piracy. They lost $300 plus million out of all of their Disney films from 2021 from the box office because they spent more than what they got the box office. So I don't understand quite how they get to that metric and how they get to that number, because based on the numbers they're they they lost around $300 million. So I don't, I don't quite understand it. Let's see. Rosie says uh, the conservative justices are con- constitutional originalists. So they by and large do not legislate from the bench or not. Ju- yeah. You say that Rosie. And yet there are decisions even more recently where people like Amy Coney Barrett, and people like, was it uh, Kavanaugh, have joined with Roberts and the liberal branches. So I would, I would be very cautious in any optimism towards them. I do not trust them at all. As I said, the, the only two true originalists on the court, based on all decisions, not just a few decisions, but based on all decisions so far, um, to my knowledge, are... Clarence Thomas and Alito. Like they are the two stalwart originalists on the court. Then you might be able to say you, you've got Gorsuch, who is a bit more originalist. Then maybe Kavanaugh, and then maybe uh, Amy Coney Barrett. And after that, you got Roberts. So that to me is like from originalist to activist. Because, keeping, as I said, they have ruled with Roberts and everyone else before on various things. Uh, there was a, there was one big decision, actually, where uh, they ruled 7-2 to on something pretty big, where you were like, wait a minute. I thought these people were, were supposed to be conservative. Anyway. Jeremy Swiggs, what's going on? Yeah, I would not put my, I would not put my faith and trust in, in any of those people. Uh, Andrew Hayes, what's going on? Hello, sir. Hello, chat. Finally saw Spider-Man No Way Home last weekend. What a fun movie to go back to theaters. Yeah, seriously. And uh, a lot of people would agree with you by the very fact that it has made over $1.3 billion and will probably cross $1.5 billion by the end of this weekend. It's doing incredibly well all across the world. Jason Evanstein says, I understand the position and agree with the skepticism with SCOTUS. If you look at a lot of the rulings lately, they have been allowing states to make decisions. I would expect an injunction. Yeah, I mean, I will say that there does seem to be some consistency as far as allowing states to be able to make choices for themselves. But even there, it's not necessarily going to be, I think, the way. um, Again, I think that it would be foolish for us to put all of our eggs into the SCOTUS basket. So I'm acting as if things are not going to go my way, and I'm preparing for that. That's why the vast majority of my off time, instead of it being spent on things that I actually really want to do, has been spent on time with me doing research, of looking up studies, of making notes, looking up state law, looking up uh, HIPAA, and and actually reading HIPAA, um, looking up 
you know, all kinds of things, even going as far as things like the Nuremberg, Nuremberg Code, etc., just to make sure I have any piece of de- evidence that I possibly have to make my own case. Because here's the thing. It's not even just about vax. It's about being essentially treated as a second-class citizen because of vax. Because basically it's either you fall into the mandate that they're going to implement. And this is, this is from a diocese. It's from a Catholic diocese. So it's either you fall into their mandate or you are forced to, if you want employment, forced to wear a mask every single day and get tested every single week. And it, it's on our dime and it's on our time that we have to do that. Oh, man, oh, man. Let's see. Hardwick. Star Wars Theory thinks the Book of Boba Fett will follow the Western trope of a former gunslinger who is trying to change his violent ways but gets provoked into going back. And I continue to not have any hope for that series because everything that Disney has done has had some, you know, set up and some bit of hope being instilled and then it's destroyed it. So why would I go through that again? So I don't care. So Hardwick, I want to make it clear. I do not care. (laughs) Please listen. Uh, Brightburn says, I know it wasn't executed well, but there's a precedent for this. Superman Returns was a sequel to Superman 2 and not Superman 3 and 4, The Quest for Peace. They should make it a period place, a period piece. Yeah, maybe. Uh, But again, I think rebooting it might just be the way to go. If you're still, was that still connecting back to uh, 007 to James Bond? Uh, Dean J, thank you very much for the $20 super chat. Sorry, it's taking about 15 minutes to get to this, but I did want to highlight it like this. Says, long time no see. Just wanted to ask prayers for a friend. She just had her third child, and she got the coof, uh, and she'd be fine if her immune system wasn't bad. Baby is fine, I know. Husband and kids need her. So, absolutely, we'll pray for her. And, uh, all I will say is that if, if you have any ability to... Please try and reach out to her doctors and please try to reach out to other doctors as well if her doctors are not willing to try and get her on treatments because there are treatments that exist, whether it's monoclonal antibodies, which have been proven to be very, very effective, um, or other types of treatments. Um, I would say try everything you can uh, to get either her doctor to try to actually treat her symptoms, to actually be a doctor. Instead of falling into line with with the recent protocols, which is just nope, we're not going to. And uh, and I think that she'll be okay. But I will definitely be praying for her. Definitely be praying for her. Let's see. Laura, the modern major general, says watch Macbeth with Denzel Washington. Obviously excellent acting, but it was filmed in black and white in four by three aspect ratio for some reason extremely minimal sets more a film play than a movie i actually like that if you really want to see it's almost a throwback in a certain way look up if you've not seen it yet laura look up the version of macbeth starring sir ian mckellen because his was very similar it was minimal sets a lot of just it was in black and white as well a lot of the backdrop w- was black so you couldn't really see a lot of the things like going on it was just focused on the actors just the actors were lit or any relevant uh set pieces first off Ian McKellen is phenomenal does a great job to no one's surprise but I'm wondering if it was a throwback to to that in a certain way because that's what it reminds me of but that sounds great 
So I'm very excited. I know it's coming to Apple TV Plus in the uh, coming months. So I'm very excited for that. See, Snorna Poopus Cuber says, hooray for, hooray for, hooray for Rand Paul and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I never thought I've said anything good about a Kennedy. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, uh, Rand Paul has been killing it. He just today, I think, announced that he was leaving YouTube to do full-time on Rumble. I have my issues with, with Rumble uh, as far as, uh, as a company is concerned. Yeah, I, re- I don't really view them as a free speech platform. I don't. They're not a big tech alternative as far as being. Uh, they're not decentralized, to say the very least. Um, so I've got my issues with them. I will say this much though: Rumble as a platform is definitely a in a very good position, and uh, their apps work. And as much as I love Odyssey, and I'm all for, I'm all to bat for Odyssey on so many things. Odyssey needs to get their apps up and running, as far as actual features, because. Their iOS app is still crazy behind. They they have, for one, there were connections issues all day with Odyssey. Could not get it to work on my phone at all. Um, their iOS app, first off, uh, their Android app doesn't even exist. Their iOS app is an issue because you can't control the speed and background play is very, very buggy. Whereas with Rumble, you have background play that works flawlessly on both Android and iOS. You also have the ability to control speed as well. And everything works great. Everything works fantastic. So if I'm going to give kudos to Rumble at all, it's going to be with that. So yeah, Rand Paul apparently is doing just is doing full time on Rumble now. No longer going to be uploading to YouTube, which I think is a big uh, shout. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Absolutely. If you've not read or gotten the real Anthony Fauci, I'd recommend getting it. It's phenomenal. It's going to blow your mind. The first chapter alone, it's all about COVID, and it's a, it's amazing how much information has not been talked about and how many things have been uh, attempted to be hidden and just. Uh, ignored in so many different ways i'm like halfway through the book now and it's phenomenal i actually just got my physical copy in today because i've been doing a kindle version because it was backlogged forever i got two other copies because i'm going to be wanting to give those away uh to friends because i don't know i don't know what else to do to to wake some people up desperate red pills let's see caratharp says sometimes i feel like we are going backwards instead of going forward i agree it's kind of insane how we're repeating a lot of the same mistakes. Really, really insane. Uh, Laura says, there is another version of Macbeth starring Michael Fassbender on HBO Max. I plan to watch. I've not seen many versions of Macbeth. Again, I would highly recommend the Ian McKellen version. It is fantastic. Let's see. Rosie says, season one adaptation sucks too. Yeah, so again, I, I, I commend you for being consistent at least with that. Um, because I think there might be some who would not say the same thing about season one, but just about season two. And it's like, well, so again, I'm not saying in my enjoyment of it and in my praising of it, I am not saying it's a good adaptation. I just want to make that very clear because I wouldn't know. I've never played the games. I've never read the books. Didn't even know they were books until you even mentioned it. I thought it was all a game first, but based on the way you were talking about it, it sounds like it was a book series that was adapted into a game, which has now been adapted into a series. And I guess the question would be to ask if you know, was the game a good adaptation of the books? And is the series a good adaptation of the, uh, of the games, but not the books? You see how it can get a little confusing there, which is why going into this blind, I'm just viewing this as the TV version of this. And it's, it's been pretty good. It's been very enjoyable. It's been very escapism for me. Good fight sequences, good CGI as well. Great fight sequences, in fact. Griffin Turbo, what is going on? Welcome. 
Let's see. Rosie says, I was told I would see the story of the Witcher. And instead, the showrunners use the characters of the universe. That's fine if they didn't mis- uh, if they didn't represent it as the Witcher, but an alternative story. And again, I guess I would go back to Rosie G12. So, but are they presenting it based on the video game versions? Because again, I, I've not read books or played games. Are there differences between those two? And if there are differences between those two, that seems to be able to justify changes. And again, I wouldn't know because I, I have not read the books or that. So for me, I, I'm okay with it because at the end of the day, it's an adaptation. It didn't call it. And that, that that's always the trick too, right? Because I know that I've fallen into this as well. Uh, for instance, there is a great book, um, probably the longest book that I've ever read called, um, oh my goodness. I don't know why I want to say The Pillar, but it's not The Pillar. Anyone who's read books knows the book that I'm talking about. It has, it's got pillar in the name, I believe. But anyway, I, I read the book. They did a miniseries adaptation of it. And I hated the miniseries adaptation of it because it was not what I expected it to be. And then I wondered immediately, had I watched the series first and then read the book, would I still have hated the series? I honestly don't know. And that's why, as I said before, I feel that typically uh, for me, if you've never consumed a certain uh, entity or product before, Usually, I think the best method, as far as enjoyment is concerned, is to go through Pillars of the Earth. Hard work. Thank you very much. Pillars of the Earth. Exactly. So, yeah. Pillars of the Earth. Great book. Fantastic. They did an adaptation of it uh, in a miniseries form. I think it may have been on Stars or somewhere like that. I did not like the miniseries. It failed my... Again, I had expectations, and the expectations were not met. So, I totally understand. Totally understand that feeling. Um, But at the same time... It is an adaptation, which means there is a freedom to to change things. There is a freedom to take the story in a way uh, in your own in your own direction. Because I imagine that there, I imagine that there have to be differences between the books and the games, because it just lends itself to be different because it's different mediums, you know. So I I, I think that's very important. It looks like Andrew Hoyle is in the live chat. So Andrew Hoyle says, the games have nothing to do with the books. Show has nothing to do with the games. Seems like the series has nothing to do with the books either. So that to me seems very, okay. So, and then he has a a critical comment. I'll get to that when I get to it in the chat. But to me, that actually justifies this decision. So if the games have nothing to do with the books and then the series has nothing to do with either, the series is actually being in, is is being consistent in that every iteration of it in a different format comes with a different form, comes with a different story. So again, I, I think that kind of in a lot of ways justifies the changes that they're making. Because they're they're making it their own, and specifically they're basically following what the other adaptations have already done, which is to make changes and to not be connected. I don't know. Again. Coming, coming in blind to this. Uh, Favorite sci-fi. Harry Potter would have been great on a TV series with a season for each book. Yes. Uh, I, yeah, I would agree. Totally. Uh, I, there's just... There's so much that can be done in long-form television. That's why I said Dune. Dune should not be part one, part two. Dune should be the newest Dune. It should be a miniseries. The only way to truly do that story correct would be to make it a movie series. Let's see. Uh, Rob D, I vote Odin for biggest NPC, uh, being uh, biggest NPC for math and numbers. Ah, I see. 
Uh, Rosie says, I didn't hate Lord of the Rings movies and I read the books because it honored it. The showrunner of The Witcher blasphemed the books, in my opinion. And again, I say, so would you say the same thing for the games, which take their own version of the story as well? Again, I think that there is an argument to be had here. Again, that's why I said it really seems like much more of a uh, subjective side of it, where it's, again, expectations not being met. And it's not, to me, a subversion of expectations because when you're changing the uh, the format, when you're changing the, what's the word I'm looking for? Not format, um, the medium. When the medium is changing, right, whether it's a comic to a movie, a game to a series, a, a book to a se- a book to a game to a series, I, I feel like that there are going to have to be changes, just naturally speaking. Uh, Kara Tharp says, mentally, a lot of politicians are stuck in the past and seem not to realize that it's the 21st century. Oh, yeah. Not to mention, and this is one thing that's really great in the in the John F., uh, John F., Robert F. Kennedy book on Fauci, is so many of the things that Fauci has done this year in the last two years is exactly what he did during the AIDS epidemic, where he shut down and and put cold shoulder towards early treatments. He ignored the community that was that was actually doing work on their own, ignored them completely. And in fact, the government was even going after them. The movie Dallas Buyers Club, if anyone remembers, the movie Dallas Buyers Club, right, got a lot of Oscar buzz, right? I think it even won. Didn't it win Best Picture? I used to know these things. At the very least, Matthew McConaughey won for, for Best Actor. And people often forget that one of the biggest villains of that story is Dr. Fauci. Because the reason why the Dallas Buyers Clubs had to happen was because a lot of it was because of Fauci and his policies. So he's just doing the same thing he did now. Now, I just got to the part of the book, though, where it goes into how it was in the summer of 89, or it was the year 89, he had been grilled by Congress, even by Nancy Pelosi, was grilled by Congress, grilled by everybody. He knew his time was up and that he needed to change the narrative. And so what did he do? Just like he's done now, right? He's 180. So remember how talking about lab leak, hypothesis, lab leak hypothesis, you were anathematized. What would happen? Boom, full 180 switch, right? We're already seeing him kind of lay the seeds because he's saying people are freaking out about kids in hospitals, it's important to remember kids in hospitals, um, not all of them are, 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 are with COVID, but rather are from COVID. Literally changing the narrative, you know? And uh, I don't know if he's going to go as far as he did back then, because back then he actually embraced uh, early treatments and stuff. Now, again, I have not gotten fully updated with the story yet, but man, oh man. Uh, Daniel Thorne over on DLive, thank you. See, Laura says, it's so much easier to read the book after watching a movie, especially something as complex as Dune and Lord of the Rings. And I, I, I would agree with that as well. And again, to me, doing that allows me to appreciate the material that much more. Now, I understand why people would rather read a book, especially for readers, right? Because people who read typically love to read because they love to build the worlds in their own minds. And that to me, though, it, it, it's kind of that double-edged sword because as great as that is, it also sets up it sets you up for disappointment and failure down the road if it ever gets an adaptation because if something ever doesn't live up to your expectation you know it makes it hard to look at something objectively and again i, I would know because i've gone through that myself 
Uh, Jacob Ironside, welcome to the chat. Appreciate it. Let's see. Rosie says ACB and Kavanaugh are not con- are, are not conservatives or originalists. Yeah, you know, based on decisions, especially. But that's how they were. That's how they were sold, right? That that was how they were sold. And that's why I don't know what's going to happen uh, with with Roe v. Wade. I don't know what's going to happen with that case. Uh, Bruce says the six hundred million loss is what if everyone who pirated the movie would have bought it instead? Ah, okay. Still, uh, I fascinated by the numbers that they got for that. Daniel Thorne, happy New Year to you as well, and a merry merry Christmas. G-Monkey says, was it the Supreme Court didn't want to hear the case against Pennsylvania voting for days after the election? Yeah, yeah. So that was, excuse me, that was one where I think it may have even been if it wasn't, if it wasn't Thomas and Alito. No, no, no. It wasn't that one. It was the case where you had like 17 states and the president um, challenging various things with the election. And... Basically, they ruled not on the merits of the case, uh, but on standing, saying basically, like, you have no standing before us. Um, And I believe it was uh, Thomas who said, what do you mean they don't have standing? We're the only court that can deal with this type of issue in question, and this is totally within our wheelhouse to do so. Um, Which is why, to me, he's he's really the only (laughs) truly consistent uh, justice on the Supreme Court because he can sometimes stand alone. But yeah, I don't have, I, again, I don't have a lot of hope in them. I really don't. And again, going back to it then, you know, you mentioned that, you know, ACB and, and Kavanaugh are not originalists. So yeah, I go back to it then. Okay, so you got Alito, Thomas, Gorsuch. Y- you need more than three to tango. But I say, if you don't have Kavanaugh, if you don't have Barrett, you don't got anybody. So, you need more than, in this case, you need more than two to tango. You need five. (laughs) Brightburn, yeah, talking about James Bond, that's what I thought. Uh, G-Monkey says here, as long as Kathleen Kennedy is in charge, there is no hope. All Disney Star Wars will lead to the sequel trilogy. Exactly. That's why I'm not getting my hopes up. Not at all. Forever sci-fi, no vax, no testing, just no for me. I understand, though, when you have dependents, I'm in a better position to make a stand, so I'll make it. No, forever sci-fi, though, I feel that uh, I and many others, though, are are at that point where we all have that hill to die on, as it's often described as. We all have that standard by which we are not willing to concede, uh, to not comply. And uh, obviously, I will, I will not forego my moral principles but i also refuse to go into their testing because the testing they've already uh, for us they've stipulated that you would have to be tested basically in the presence of a doctor so it's got to be the unreliable pcr test uh and you have to show proof of it which means basically you have to go into the system and no that's my line i'm not doing that it's one thing if i'm if i'm doing a rapid test at home for my own knowledge, okay. Haven't done one yet, but if I'm doing it for my own knowledge, that's why I'm considering trying to get one of those antibody ones, the at-home ones, because, hey, if only I can know, I'm a, then then I, I would be happy to know that kind of information. But, yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Laura says, from what I've read, the FEMA mandate will be struck down, but the states will have the power to mandate. Not sure about the law concerning religious objections. Yeah. Um, well, it comes down to it because, yeah, it's it's uh, I think it's a part of FEMA or something, but it's OSHA. Uh, right. It's it's OSHA uh, is putting forth and enforcing this this mandate, essentially, uh, which, again, unelected bureaucrats who are formulating this again, not actually a law passed. So, yeah, my my hope is this is my hope. So I do have some hope. My hope is the Supreme Court comes in and says, no, uh, by administration, this is unconstitutional. You have no legal authority to do this. This is an issue that has to be dealt with at the state or uh, federal legislative level. So basically either Congress has to pass a law about this or a state legislature has to pass a law about this in order to enforce it, which again, will open it back up to the states and then you'll have certain states that will easily pass if they have not done so already mandates and then others that will pass against it. But even in the ones that pass against it, there's limitations. As I just mentioned, Tennessee passed a law uh, banning people from doing this. However, their law was not able to get various amendments that included certain private businesses and private schools that would have been able to help, at least in my own personal situation, amongst a myriad of other persons' uh, ones as well. Snore Poopa says, I think if you rebooted Bond from the beginning, you'd have to make it a period piece. Today's world is just too soy and woke for Bond. Uh, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. For sure. Again, I think just rebooting it all together would be good. Let's see. Laura says, cool. I'll see if I can find the Ian McKellen version of Macbeth. Yeah, I have to imagine it's on YouTube because it's it's so old now. I have to imagine it's it's got to be easily available somewhere. J-Rod says, what are your thoughts on Getter? Well, J-Rod the Beer Guru, thank you for your question and thank you for supporting me over on DLive. Um, I, I'm mixed on it because it, it's not, it, it very much is not a free, free, free speech platform, at least not in the um, myopic sense. Meaning it's not a pure free speech platform because they have rules and regulations. Uh, I believe it was actually even Clifton uh, Duncan, who we've had on Friday Night Tights. He actually had a tweet that he put out saying, hey, guess what? I couldn't put these words on Getter because certain words are banned. Um, Now, that being said, I believe Getter is a little bit more transparent in what they allow and what they don't allow. And I think it's more so a a language issue um, whereas, cause to me, the most important thing is that ideas are, are what's allowed. Meaning getter is clearly much more open to multiple ideas and multiple viewpoints. And I think that's the most important thing, right? Sharing ideas. So for me, if a company is going to say, yeah, we support, uh, you to share your ideas. So we're, we're pro free speech in that we are pro you sharing your ideas, no matter where they might fall on the spectrum, unless, you know, unless they violate law, meaning that you're calling for harm upon somebody or, or something to that effect. Um, but if they have language restrictions, I'm actually, I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay with that. Like if you can't say, see you next Tuesday, I don't have a problem with that because I do think there is a line of, okay, you are a private company who has different rules and regulations, but at the same time, you do have to respect the rights of others. So that's kind of where I would find like that, that again, there, there's definitely some nuance to that for sure. Uh, but that's why if you want a truly decentralized platform, Gab is really Gab and minds are your only answer. Gab is decentralized because it's on its own servers. That being said, it's on its own servers. And so if those servers fail, Gab is gone. 
Whereas with mines, mines is based on crypto blockchain technology, meaning that if a server goes down, there's other servers that are available. And so it's a lot harder to tear that system down. So that's why for me, mines.com is, is the best of the alt tech platforms as far as um, certain features are concerned. And as far as uh, true decentralization is concerned, they also are very clear in their own terms and conditions. They don't allow for everything, but they do allow for, they're probably the, the most uh, free of the platforms as far as content that they allow. Uh, Andrew Hoyle, there we are, caught it, catching up to you. Very happy, uh, very happy to see you in the chat, Andrew Hoyle. I'm glad that you're feeling better. Uh, Sherry Allen says, "I have to agree. Uh, the uh, agree uh, Macbeth is awesome in black and white. Shows how important true acting is. Not using much tech. Yes, agreed. Yeah. So the Ian McKellen version truly is phenomenal." Uh, Brightburn says, I have purchased two Hammer Horror films on Blu-ray. The Curse of Frankenstein and The Horror of Dracula. I'm thinking about expanding my Hammer Horror collection. Yeah, I'm not into horror films as much, and so I don't think I have any of the Hammer Horror films, to be honest. If I do, it would be from uh, being gifted it in some way. Sherry Allen, Happy New Year to you. Orange Hat Reviews says, Thoughts on the 1990 uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is that like the live action one? Is that like the live action one with the suits? I love those movies. <laughs> uh, Hardwick, I recommend 1948 Orson Welles version Macbeth. Welles is the Macbeth I've seen, best I've seen better even than McKellen. Cinematography is excellent, very expressionistic. Uh, I don't know much about cinematography because I've not seen it, but it's hard for me to see Orson Welles doing better than Ian McKellen. That's just, again, my, my own personal uh, opinion there. Uh, Rosie says the Witcher is seven books. Yes. Um, again, did not know that, but also how many games is it and how many directions does the game go into that are not in the books at all? So to me, it's like, okay, if you change medium, it gives you a little bit more freedom in my own opinion to take your own route, right? To take your own uh, story with it. Um, let's see. Laura says here, I'm in the HIV section on Fauci. So sad. It really is sad because basically for three years, Fauci did what he's doing with us, where he uh, tore down any access to early treatments, demonized early treatment options, made it so difficult for anyone to get it, focused purely on uh, AZT and other products that were being pushed forward by the pharmaceutical companies like showed himself clearly to be in the pocket of the pharmaceutical companies. And guess what? Still happening today. Um, and uh, yeah, it really is sad because countless hundreds, if not thousands of people died during the AIDS epidemic because Fauci and others refused to take the over $300 million that he got from Congress back then, especially in the eighties, $300 million, that's a crap ton of money. Wasted it. Wasted it on AZT, which was ultimately an abysmal failure because it was so toxic. Um, and instead, demonized early treatment options that actually showed itself to be incredibly effective. Not in curing anybody, but in handling and in, in treating the symptoms. And it's the symptoms that were the ones that were really causing uh, causing the deaths. And causing the deaths as quickly. I mean, I'm no expert in the field, but 
<sighs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Truly, truly crazy. All right. Uh, oh, man, I have fallen so far behind on Odyssey. Odyssey fam, so sorry. And thank you very much for... Um, uh, for your for your uh, patience with this, uh, the R, yeah, man, uh, praying for you, dude, bro. Uh, please, I don't know why you're clicking on different links that I have no idea what the what the connection was supposed to be. Yeah, I say that's a, that's a little bit too much reading for me to do for a stream, man. Uh, so again, if anyone's just make sure you tag at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. Uh, we got Daniel in the chat, long last name in the chat as well. Thank you for being here. Um, let's see, Sentience Lua, thank you for being here as well. He says, this is by far the most cordial live chat I've ever witnessed. We have a pretty cordial live chat, yeah. Um, I, I try to be as best of an influence, uh, best of a positive influence as I possibly can. Uh, dude, bro, please don't spam the chat, okay? Please do not spam the chat. I'm about to ban you. Uh, let's see. Uh, B981FXO says, with the government still doing going overboard on the whole, uh, I have ways of making you have DOD contractor EU, EO even worse than OSHA, effectively ruining any chance for starting a career. I've basically become an indie div at this point. Guess this path counts at subverting the cultural subverters. Yeah, pretty much. And it's sad that so many people, unfortunately, have to... Um, it's so it's so sad that so many people are being uh, given the inability, essentially, to truly fight, um, or rather, to truly live, because they are not able to work. Which, as as a human person, we we have a right to work, and I think it's so incredibly important that we remember that when we look at all of the nonsense that are going on. Let's see. Uh, Daniel T says they screwed up with Morbius. If it came out now, they can capitalize on Spidey getting people in theaters. Omicron being mild and no big around movies. April will have unknown variant, possible new restrictions. Yeah, I think their hope is is that since the tide seems to be turning, that things will be a little bit more open by then. But my best guess actually would be the fact is January is a terrible month to have a movie open. It's notoriously bad. It's where movies go to die because holidays have ended. People typically are not going to see movies. And uh, it was Tom, Midnight's Edge, After Dark, actually, who had a pretty good thought. And I think he's right. He said that he thinks that the reason why they're pushing it back is not because of COVID, but they're pushing it back because they want to uh, shoot some new scenes to capitalize off of exactly what you just said. You know? So, and dude, bro, don't give me the whatever. Bro, you were... You're literally posting the same thing multiple times. All right. It's in the chat history. So you don't have to post it multiple times with the same thing. And uh, again, no context out of the blue random. I'm not going to ban you. Just don't do that again. <laughs> Please don't do that again. Oh my goodness. And again, Tag at Odin at the very beginning of your comment if you have a comment or question that you want read aloud. Anyway, uh, Ozzy fam, thank y'all uh, for being here. Got about 15 minutes left, so let's see where we are with comments. All right, here's where Andrew Hoyle is coming in. He says, the games have nothing to do with the books. 
show has nothing to do with the games. Seems like the series has nothing to do with the books either. And again, to me, that shows consistency. So the books are not the games. The games are not the books. The series are not the books, which are not the games, etc. So to me, everything is still, uh, everything still makes sense. So to me, that just gives me more reason to like the series because it's at least being consistent. He then goes on, though, to say, series called The Witcher, which is about the secondary female character's past. And that's the thing, Andrew Hoyle. All right, because that is what's being told. But as someone who has actually watched both seasons, I can tell you that Geralt of Rivia, he is the lead character. He receives primary focus. And just like in season one, where you do have multiple story arcs going on that are outside of The Witcher outside of Geralt, um, kind of like a Game of Thrones way, you still have a lot of it still focusing specifically on him. So again, the way it was perceived was like, oh, he's not there, and oh, there's no time. It's like, dude, there's plenty of time given to him. I don't have my stopwatch to say how much time, you know? But yeah, it, it's it truly is, it's a lie or a misconception at the very least, that he is a not he is not a central character. He he is clearly a central character. Anyway, uh, Andrew Hoyle then says spinoff series they're planning sounds even worse. I don't know much about it, but again, I think I, I like season one and two. Odin, it's that the representation that it would be The Witcher, which it is not. But again. The book and the book and the game are different. They're different representations and different implementations of the story of the basic characters, and they are not connected. The show is also now not connected. I don't see what the issue is. Seeing that the Witcher is still the crux of the show, and he's killing it, by the way. He's doing a fantastic job. It just also happens to be taking in different directions because as a show, it can go into more depth into certain characters who they might be secondary in the books. They might be secondary in the games, but because this is a TV series and a long form TV series at that, they actually have the time to dedicate into giving us more details about the characters. I don't see, I don't see what the issue is. Again, this sounds like a subjective issue and we're never, we're never going to find a common ground on the subjective issue. We're going to go with objective fighting Okay, we can have a battle there, but I can't change your opinion and you can't change my opinion because that's what opinions are. Uh, Kara Tharp says, uh, the Goblet of Fire movie is absolutely terrible. I was so disappointed when I saw the movie. Have you read the book beforehand? Yeah, and again, my wife tells me all the time about some of the biggest things. For instance, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? He said calmly, amongst other things too. And yet, as someone who didn't read the book, I find it funny. Whereas she finds it bad. Uh, Hardwick says, Gary said he watched season one of The Witcher. He mostly enjoyed it. Then he read the books and found they uh, subtly changed almost every uh, every scene and subplot from the books to be more woke. And again, I go back to, okay, but what about the games? How different are the games? What are the motivations behind the games? Again, you always need the full context there. Uh, let's see. Laura says another good book about the horrible treatment of AIDS patients is the band played on. Yeah. Doesn't he mention that book? I feel like, uh, Robert F. Kennedy mentioned that book in his own book. I think. 
Uh, let's see. Rosie says, last comment. Story changes were not due to the medium changes. It was done for reasons. Just like I'm sure that there were reasons for why they changed the game as well. <sighs> Mark says, with Witcher, yes, the books and games are different, but they are each great. Changes are fine, but the end project best represent. The show is just bad parody of the game and the books. And again, sounds to me like you just don't like the way they're going. And that's fine. You do not have to like it. But again, that's a subjective point of view. All right. Uh, Rob D says, if Roe v. Wade gets overturned, not that it will happen, I want to see the woman that absolutely freaked out when RPG died. No, 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 no. The, wait a minute. Okay, yeah. Because the, uh, the iconic cringe that I always remember is when Trump was being inaugurated, because that's the one where it's like, no! But I forgot the one where when that happened, because, oh, there were so many crazy things that happened from, from that. All right. Andrew Hoyle, who's a member, says, having just recovered slowly from COVID, happy I'm getting better, still have no plans to get the jab or even inform my doctor that I had it, did an at-home test, was positive, and I was ill. So you could have actually even had the flu, for all you know. You, you didn't get tested in the system. You didn't let the PCR test get run for however many cycles. Because if you run it for a certain number of cycles, guess what? They'll find almost anything. Um, I'm not a medical doctor, though. Uh, but... I'm glad to hear that you're so much better, though. And yeah, because here's the other thing, too, is you have something that's even more important and something that's rather something that's even more effective. And that's natural immunity. What's crazy What's crazy to me. What's insane to me is that in the policy in, in my own diocese, if you have natural immunity, they are at the very least recognizing it. However, they're giving you basically a pass of 90 days before you have to get tested again. So like you don't have to test for 90 days because you have natural immunity because you've proven to them that you've had it before. And yet in 90 days, you have to start doing the testing and maxing or masking or get vaccinated, which doesn't make any sense because for them fully vaxxed is to have like the two jabs, et cetera. Even though the definition of fully vaxxed is changing constantly because we know as a fact that over time they are less efficacious um, depending on which one you got is determined, determines, you know, how less efficacious they are. So yeah, it, it's insane. It's ridiculous. And it's not based in reality and it's not based in logic or reason. It's ridiculous. All right. Sci-fi Illinois is removing the right to a religious exemption starting June 1st for COVID specifically. They passed that law last year to remove protection for being fired for health reasons. Oh man, that is ridiculous. Well, I'm, here's the other thing. Obviously, uh, we've got this issue with the Biden mandate. I really hope that uh, states start to or citizens start to sue their states for laws like that, because if the Supreme Court can also come in and say this is a violation of religious free freedom and liberties and then save people from the state implementing these things, that would be a best case scenario. But that one might take a longer time. See, Snorri Poopit, sadly, I think Trump has one big weakness, and that is his ability to critically analyze people. He has chosen so many people who have failed to live up to expectations. A uh, ACB, Kavanaugh, Miley, uh, Millie. Yeah, uh, uh, also, he kept Fauci. Let's not forget that. You know, and I think that's one thing that is interesting about all of this stuff is 
you know, people are, are trying to, you know, call out others and, and call them conspiracy theories, right? And to hate on people that are like, you know, liking what Robert F. Kennedy is doing and all these other things. And yet a lot of what we're finding out is just making us be actually even more critical of of Trump because Trump had every opportunity to fire Fauci and didn't. He, he could have done that, but he didn't. Um, not to mention... He, uh, Trump is still very much on the, uh, jab bandwagon as it were. All right. We got about seven minutes left. Let's see. Andrew Hoyle says, have never even heard of getter until yesterday. Yeah. And here's the thing. Be careful with getter guys. Cause I'm on it. I'm sharing a couple things now and then, but remember the same thing and the same narratives were being said about parlor and then parlor was taken down. Same things being said about Getter. I believe there's been some research done into uh, the financial backing of Getter. And I think that there is definitely some stuff that probably should be discussed. That's why for me, if I'm going to if I'm going to give any recommendation of any platform, I'm gonna go with one that's been around for a very long time now. Is actually a decentralized platform build on blockchain technology, and that's minds.com. I, I personally like that one a lot. Orange at, from what I understand, Getter only prohibits anything that is in violation of the law. Well, apparently they won't allow See You Next Tuesday to be said. So, uh, again, at least according to uh, Clifton Duncan. Let us see here. Uh, Chris from the 80s, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Let's see. Hardwick says, some people use the expression, Fauci kills many Freddie Mercury. Yeah, uh, and it's, again, it's, it's they're uh, uh, part of the the real Anthony Fauci book that I just read. He uh, Robert F. Kennedy has a quote from The Village Voice, and it's a complete destruction of Fauci. Oh, man, the whole time I'm reading, I'm like, man, if only people wrote like this today about this dude. Daniel Thorne says the Fauci book is very depressing. Seems like he will get away with it while we get Fearmonger to death. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. The book is out there. No, is out there now. It is a number one bestseller. And here's my, here is what I'm going to pay attention to. If Fauci does not sue Robert F. Kennedy for defamation. That, to me, will say a lot because Robert F. Kennedy is incredibly clear about the kind of person Fauci is. He is not holding back any punches on him. So if anything in the book is not true, then guess what? Fauci has room to sue. Fauci has the ability. Again, Fauci has the ability to uh, to sue him for defamation. If he doesn't, then the question becomes, why? Why is he not? And then that opens up the can of worms to say, could it be because things are true? Uh, let's see, Hardwick. I was shocked to recently find out that Fauci is 81 years old. He looks about 60. Uh, I think you're giving him a little bit too much credit. I think you're giving him a little bit too much credit. Uh, Turo, what's going on? I don't know. 
I honestly don't know. They're, they have conversations back and forth all the time. I only read the ones where I actually get tagged. Uh, Bruce says, everyone found it. Macbeth, McKellen, Dench, the- uh, Thames, Shakespeare collection on Amazon. Ooh, nice. There you go. DVD only. Well, that's sad. Justin C., what's going on? Welcome. Um, all righty. Uh, Tina, hope you have a wonderful night. Looks like that was you saying bye. Punkwada, what's going on, man? Hail the Pepperoni Allfather. Hail to you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a friend. See, Harwick says, I wish Fox had let Peyton Reed direct the Fantastic Four movie he pitched about 15 years ago. It would have been a 1960s period piece instead of the, uh, instead instead they hired Tim Story. Interesting. I know very little. Uh, Rosie G says, it is consistent. It's consistently bad, in your opinion. Because again, your number one argument so far has been, it's not like the books. Uh, 70B says, why are people supporting Netflix? It's literally a child prawn and grooming on it. Again, I don't think anyone should support the Netflix company, but I've, I've explained before, as far as my own access to it, that I have it because my wife uses it. And if that makes me a simp for my wife, okay. There's only one person in this world that I will simp to. It is my wife. So if I were to say, honey, we're going to cancel this because of this reason, she'd be like, no. So since I already have it, I'm going to watch the stuff that's on there. If she was on, if she was all on board and if she was fully understanding, guess, again, one of the, one of the beautiful things is that wife and I are not the same person. We challenge each other on multiple things because we don't agree on everything. And I think that's a very strong thing to be able to do that. And, uh, but that also means that there's gotta be compromises. And, um, but if we were the same on this issue, then I would be finding other means of doing it. So, and again, that also itself, though is legitimate when talking about Netflix as a company, does not bear anything, does not bear anything on the actual shows on there. Because that would be like saying, I can't like Cobra Kai because Netflix is evil. You know? And I think most people who have seen Cobra Kai know that it's great. Uh, let's see. Daniel Thorne says, "Good luck finding an alt to the SCOTUS." They uh, they voted in favor of jab mandates in this administration. CV in the past with smallpox. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I did hear about that, and that's again one of the reasons why I did have com- some concerns. Was there was indication that there have been previous rulings in favor of at least state level uh, mandates. I don't know about national ones, or if that's the ones you're talking about. Uh, let's see. Rosie says the Witcher has audiobooks as my niece got through them that way. Read or listen to them. And then we will talk. You simply don't have enough information. Rosie again, though, again, I'm not saying that they're supposed to be this. I'm not saying that they are the same. I'm not saying that they're close. What I'm saying is that we've already had someone confirm that the books and the games are different. So for, for this to be different and you not to like it, that's fine. You can have that opinion. That is not a problem. But it is an opinion. That's all I'm saying. That is all I'm trying to say. And I'm not saying that one day I wouldn't want to read the books, but guess what? Since I've watched the show first, if I read the books or listen to the books, all I'm going to do is say, wow, 
this is a really interesting version. But guess what? I still like both. And that's okay. We can have differences of opinions. But don't... Uh, don't try and treat opinion as fact. Uh, Harwick says, since Gary has both watched The Witcher show and the read the books, I recommend asking him if you want reliable information. And again, I'm not saying that I'm not getting reliable information. The, the issue that we're having here is all it is is a difference of opinion. That's what it is. We are simply differing on our opinion. That's it. And it's okay to have differences of opinion. I firmly believe that Rosie is a great source on this because when she says that she's read the books, I believe her. And I believe based on, um, I, I believe that based on the passion that she has been putting into this, that she loves the books. And that's the reason why she hates the show because it's so different and she feels like it is a, uh, a damnation or a condemnation in some way or an attack on the show or rather on, on the, on the book and on the series and on the characters that she loves. I get that. I understand it, but I don't think that makes the show bad. It does not make the show itself bad. Uh, Souls I watch live of TikToks, ton of laughs in the world crowd. Oh yeah, I mean they, they've always done some really great stuff. Uh, let's see, Forever Sci-Fi says apparently COVID is running rampant among deer, or the tests are a joke. Go figure. Deer, eh? Interesting. Daniel Thorne, happy National Spaghetti Day. Will you use your dogs to reenact the lady in the tramps? <laughs> Daniel Thorne, it's gross. How dare you? How dare you? Um, and, uh, I just saw this comment in all caps, 70 B here, here, we gotta be so careful. All right. We cannot treat Trump as an idol. It's okay to criticize. And that's all I was doing. Not saying he was the worst president of all time, because that's clearly not the case. I'm not saying he's evil. I am saying he was flawed. And I am saying that on that specific point, he failed. Because also remember that he was all about Operation Warp Speed. Which is a big part of what's led us to where we are now. Alright. Let us see. Alright, let's see. Zeddy B says, Are you going to speak on the current president with holiday treatment from red states or second border crisis of people coming in without being tested? Zeddy B. You know my thoughts about the current administration. Again, I'm reading into this, so please, uh, you know, please straight out the point if that is the if that is the case if that is the case. But I feel like it's the reason why I only mentioned the thing about Trump is because of the context of the situation at the time. I'm always incredibly very clear about the fact that Biden is incompetent, doesn't even know where he is half the time, not to mention he is the one that's doing this, that's leading to the situation that I am in. So I am no defender of his. I am no defender of his. But what I will also recognize is that the situation that we are in right now is not just because of Joe Biden. But it's also because of things that were set up and put in place by the previous administration. Because here is what I recognize, and that is that a lot of the problems that we have, whether it's foreign policy, whether it's domestic policy, are the results of years, years, decades of multiple administrations across multiple parties. I'm blaming all of them. 
That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm pointing out. So again, just because I criticize Trump does not mean that I'm not criticizing Biden, especially since I'm doing that all the time. See, Harwick says, Trump wasn't allowed to fire Fauci because of red tape. Again, that doesn't mean that he wasn't allowed to. It meant that he didn't want to. Because red tape is just an excuse saying, oh, I could, but it'd be really hard to do it. See, he made some changes so that he'd be able to fire him in his second term, but obviously never got the chance to capitalize on it. Again, I, I think that there are plenty of other things that we can look to. Uh, Harwick says, would you be interested in listening to the Witcher audiobooks? Again, I'm, I would be open to it, but as far as timing goes, just don't really have it. Uh, yeah, I, I again, I've mentioned that before about the wife. See, Rosie says, hard to explain when all I have is a chat. I love discuss uh, and the horrible green night anytime. And again, this is what it, Rosie, and this is what it comes down to, right? This is it's the same thing as that discussion, right? There, there is an idea that you have in your mind, and you feel like it's being disrespected in a certain way because of the of the additions. But that is not objectively make the story itself or the presentation of its of it, of the story bad. That's that's the main thing of what I'm trying trying to get at. It's just like the the Green Knight scenario. And uh, again, I, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it or not. It says thanks for letting uh, letting me have my opinion. Very magnanimous of you. Uh, again, I I have no problem with anyone who have differing opinions. None whatsoever. Father, what's going on, Father? Welcome back. Uh, Kara Tharp coming in just with a comment. Betty White was in Hot in Cleveland. No, was she now? <laughs> she was also in Golden Girls, which my wife and I have been very uh, fond of, been watching. Uh, Turo says, I think you for the $5. That's a super chat. Says, $5 for keeping your cool when others yell at you because you try to help. Oh, don't dye your beard gray with black down the middle. <laughs> Not a good look. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. I, I try my best. I really, I really do. I really do. Um, and please know that the people that I, it, it might seem like I'm angry with, I'm not. Uh, they're some of my favorite people, uh, especially Stephanie B., one of my all-time favorites. Um, again, she, she is the, she is the general of my Valkyrie. So there's no hard feelings, at least on my side of it. Um, it's just, again, it, it's one of those issues. And I think that, uh, Rosie kind of, you know, was able to, to, to touch upon it a bit. It's always hard to have full discussions when it's just me talking in text, right? It's impossible to have, you know, full fledged discussions in, in, in that way. But thank you for that $5 super chat. And yeah, again, I try to do my best. It's easier. I would say it's a lot easier to do it with people that I respect and with, with people that I appreciate than with random trolls that come into the comment section, which is thank goodness, not the situation that we have going on tonight. <laughs> Cause Oh, you've seen the comment section on these videos, and it's... Ugh. Mark says, seeing the Witcher show is like only having a pineapple pizza. Sure, it's pizza, but it doesn't compete with the other varieties, Mark. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, but again, to you, what I'm liking is pineapple on pizza, but to me... I'm looking at it as just a pizza. Again, that's a comparison. That that's again you're falling falling into the subjective. Uh, let's see, Hardwick. 
Uh, says Operation Dark Winter was 2001 simulation to see what would happen if there was smallpox. Some people think Fauci's threatening smallpox release when he says Dark Winter. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that we always got to be measured with how how far we take things. That's why I think looking at uh, the Robert F. Kennedy book is is probably like the the best version. Um, I never said so. I never said that you did say that you're worshiping. I was just saying. In reaction to the all caps, because that's what I saw, like all caps, and it was in reference to what I had said, and so I was just trying to make it clear, saying, "Hey, look, it's it's okay to be critical," and then you followed it up with the tag, and that that led to the whole thing. So I was not piling on him; I was stating a truth. And would you say the same thing to people who pile on Biden? I think every president is very much worthy of being piled on. <laughs> I mean, come on. Unless unless the all caps was was not talking about him. Oh my goodness. This is why context is always so important. And that's why I try and highlight the comments that I'm talking about. Uh, swamp runs deep. Trump kept a lot of swamp creatures around and put it uh, and put us in this position and burned them. Forever sci-fi, absolutely, and that that's the main point of what I'm trying to say is that Trump, just like anyone else, is a human being. Trump made a, a lot of mistakes, and I think one of the biggest ones is is this one because it has obviously had a long-term impact. Again, Operation Warp Seed, Warp Speed was a, a big thing, and a lot of what happened from Operation Warp Speed, because remember, part of Operation Warp Speed was working out with pharmaceutical companies, allowing them to not have to face any liability. So again, that was all planned out and, and orchestrated during the Trump administration. So again, I can be critical of Biden for doing these vastly draconian authoritarian measures that he's doing, but at the same time recognize that Trump is the one that put us in the position that we're in specifically with Operation Warp Speed and granting the pharmaceutical companies immunity from any ill effects. So I'm blaming all of them. I'm blaming them all. Not picking one over the other because they're all terrible. <laughs> no, Rosie, you're not you're not a troll at all. That's the point of what I was trying to make. Uh let's see. Tora says, wasn't referring to Stephanie. My comment was wait. Uh what? <laughs> uh I, I don't I don't know who it would be about. Uh Snor Boobis, don't bother reading this one. I'm trying to converse with two hundred character elephant. Oh no, you're very true. It's very, very, very true. All right, we are at an well over time, so I do need to start to wrap things up. Uh, let me see if there are any people who tagged over on Odyssey. Daniel Thorne says, "Have you seen?" Tra- Sorry, Daniel says, "Have you seen trailers for 2022 movies? Anything caught your interest other than Top Gun: Maverick?" I just actually put out my top five most anticipated films of 2022 today, so check that out. I love Cabbage says, "Rumble Catch 22." If you want to grow and reach normies, you have to please investors. Yeah, that is the big problem. That's why I am much more supportive of places like Odyssey because. They don't have that, but they can still grow, and it can be a lot more grassroots. And since it's based on blockchain technology, it's a lot harder to take that uh, system down in the long run. The R says, wow, the chat is salty tonight. Guess they didn't like being uh, being called cordial. <laughs> uh, long, long last name, what's going on? Yeah, no, no, no. It, it was all, again, 
no no hard words no no ill ill thoughts on on my end um but anyway let's go ahead and wrap up and again i apologize if i have to skip any comments um i do need to wrap things up as i'm well over time and i need my ice cream 70b the caps are on so i can see it exactly and, and that's why i highlighted it and that's why i was calling out what it was anyway oh mark going off subject uh, is that a big cross on your bookshelf a small cross on your mic oh see so yeah, this is indeed a cross right here this was evan s said this to me it's a small uh chaplet actually jacob x76 what's up uh, forever sci-fi says I've worked in pharma medical device labeling for over 10 years. I know for a fact that most people don't uh, read about warnings and side effects. They just do as their doctor says agreed. Uh, but what we do know is that there are a lot of effects that were not really fully looked into in this specific case. Um, all right. And I think that's about all of them. Father, uh, It'll be okay. Cold weather is great. Cold weather is fantastic. But that's going to be it for me tonight, everybody. <laughs> so things got a little spicy. But again, uh, to 70B and to Rosa G12, uh, please do know. I love y'all. I respect y'all. And I appreciate y'all uh, sharing y'all's thoughts and opinions. And I uh, appreciate the discussion. And uh, I apologize if I, for any reason, came off in a certain way or, or misunderstood anything. Uh, with the st- Again, it seems like I, I may have misunderstood something uh, with... Uh, 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 if I misunderstood anything specifically, uh, no, there's no hard feelings though on, on, on my end. Uh, have you ever been negative 20 below? No, but that, that's why you have heaters. <laughs> and, uh, and to Rosie again, I totally understand where you're coming from. I know what it is to, to love a, um, to love a story from a certain, uh, genre for a certain, um, format and, and then to see it get changed in certain ways um and I'm, I'm not trying to convert you on the uh, show either i'm not trying to make you like the show all i'm trying to say is that from not having any knowledge of the books or any knowledge of the games i'm looking at the show as a show and as a show it's fun as a show it's fun as a show it's fine and that's not saying that it's better than the books it's not saying that's better than the games because i would know because i've not seen either of them all i'm trying to say is that again just looking at it from a purely you know uh looking at it from both an objective standpoint and also from my own subjective standpoint it's just hard to really be able to say uh, one way or the other uh let's see steady b says it's all good my dad's democrat so we have epic arguments and again i i i've, I've i hope i always make it very clear that for me for me, I don't fall into a political category because I'm a Catholic. So all of my positions and all of my views are are guided by Catholic principles. And there are tons of things from various administrations, from various parties, that I have a lot of issues and I have a lot of problems with. And I will always call them out no matter what. I will always call them out no matter what. I don't care what the letter next to a person's name is. I will call them out if they are doing something that they should not be doing. Uh, but anyway, uh, the R, good night to you. Good night to all my Odyssey fam. Uh, good night to my YouTube fam as well. Seriously, this has been a fun and lively stream, as Rosie had put in the chat. Uh, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. I need to go get my ice cream now. Uh, anyway, uh, I will see you guys on Friday, Friday Night Tights. I will say right now, there will not be a Saturday stream. I will be uh, hanging out with the wife and some friends. So we're going to be going out. One of the few times that we've actually been able to go out. And uh, the friends we have up here, uh, newer friends up here, 
uh, in Tennessee. We uh, Saturday was the only night that could work for them. So uh, no stream on Saturday. No stream on Saturday. Will, of course, be on Friday Night Tights, though. So be on the lookout for that. Shout out to Stephanie B and Tina B. My Valks, seriously, thank y'all for modding. And uh, as I've been mentioning a couple times in the stream, please uh, educate yourselves, especially on these issues. I recommend Robert F. Kennedy's book, especially when if you want to know more about what is going on with Fauci. By the way, I, I also, just to end things, because I was going to shout them out earlier, but then we got in such a lot of the discussions. A shout out to Marksman, who sent me this for Christmas. You're welcome. Uh, and he sent me two because one got lost or not lost, but one got delayed by tornadoes in Kentucky. So he bought me another one and they both still ended up showing up. So I've actually got two of these and yes, they're, they're, they're hoodies with, with, with little horns on them. So there we go. You're welcome. Hopefully, hopefully this, this makes everyone a bit happier. And, uh, the second thing is, uh, father, stop badgering me, father, Lord, stop badgering me, father. I was just going to get to you. Uh, Father sent me Greenland. I don't know why. I've seen it, and it was okay. But, (laughs) and he also sent me uh, a, (laughs) Uh, thank you very much, though, for this, Father. I really, I really do appreciate it. Stone of Poopus, inappropriate, inappropriate. Uh, And then I also saw that you had uh, put in there, uh, was that one of your, Yeah, I, I, it was one of your, uh, the day in which you were ordained cards as well. That's what you were talking about. Uh, which, by the way, interestingly enough, Father, look at the front. Look at the mass that's being uh, served there. Uh, Father, you need to learn this mass. That, that yeah, it's an ordination card. That, my friend, is a good old uh, Usus Antiquador, Latin Mass, or Mass of the Ages, as we like to call it, compared to the deficiencies of the Novus Ordo. Anyway, that's a whole other discussion from another day. Thank you, Father, though, for Greenland and also for the ordination card as well. Anyway, you guys are all amazing, beautiful people. Yeah, Bearded Mints next year with this G-Monkey for sure. Anyway, uh, in Persona Christi, I agree. However, please remember that even in the rubrics, even in the rubrics, it says several times, turning to the people. How can you turn to the people unless you are at Orientum? That's all I'm going to say. Father, Father, it's like me saying, hey, how's your, if you ask me, how's, how's your marriage going? Hey, it's valid. Father, learn Latin. Learn, learn the better mass. Anyway, you're all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my January Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals members. Starting first off with Locals, shout out to Kara Tharp, UAB Mad Dog, Mike Jackson, Bifford the Hobbit, and Robert Barnes. Thank you all very much for supporting me over on the Locals platform. Also a shout out to my Subscribestar people, UAB Mad Dog, Mike Jackson once again, Storm Tracker, The R, Fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, Stan 4, John B., Mr. Rule, 
Holloway, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss slash the new number two, J-Rod the Beer Guru, and ZK Man. Thank you all very much for supporting me over on the Subscribestar uh, platform. And lastly, to my Patreon supporters, my uh, 30 Patreon supporters over there, animation commentator Brandon, let's go Brandon, Brian P., Christopher Bowman, Father Christopher Miller, hail to you Father, Father Damian Cook, Garrett Searles, Harold, uh, Hannibal Grimm, Harold Francis, Inflamed Wood, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, uh, Gomer Kyle, 79, Lance, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mondo Spieler, Mr. Peabody, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Rosetta Allen, Stan Andrian, Miss Martin Muses, Theodore Benden, and Tina Bojan, and of course, Tina B, the Empress of the Universe. Thank you all so very much for your love and for your support. And if you want your name shouted out at the end of every live stream and at the end of every video, please make sure that you support me over on a Patreon, Subscribestar, or on Locals. Also, you get a ton of other goodies if you support at the Army of Asgard level and above. Starting at the Army of Asgard level, you get access to various giveaways that I do during the month, including various 4K titles. Uh, many of them 4K Steelbook titles, and so if you want access to that, check out the Army of Asgard level on those platforms specifically. You also get access, once you are a Keeper of the Bifrost level member, to that, plus a podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flickinger, where you actually get to ask us questions, and also, of course, get access to that, and the library of previous podcast episodes. We're up to about 33 episodes now that we have uh, been able to do. I think most of those episodes now at this point, we've actually done it together, which has been a lot of fun. And of course, you can join at the Chosen of Valhalla live stream, Chosen of Valhalla, Chosen of Valhalla live stream level, where you get access to not only all of those things, but also you get access to be featured on the channel once a month during the Chosen of Valhalla live stream with the other Chosen members, which is always a lot of fun. Also, during your first month, you get a free t-shirt sent anywhere in the world. You just let me know your size let me know the t-shirt that you want from the store over on teespring or on t public whichever you prefer and i will gladly send that out to you if you're at that level anyway you guys are all amazing and beautiful people hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day and as always god bless